all praise and all gratitude belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher and greetings and salutations upon our noble master Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is mentioned in the hadith sharif man salla alayya salatan wahidatan sallallahu alayhi ashara that person who recites one durood and salaam of what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless that person with 10 blessings. One narration is mentioned, 10 of his sins also will be forgiven. Allah ta'ala will elevate his status by tenfold in the akhirat as well. Let us all recite Duru Sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. And we should make this a duty that on a daily basis we send Durood and Salams, especially on the day of Yawmul Jumu'ah. We should try increase our durood and salams upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at least minimum daily hundred times on a Friday. Let us increase it maybe thousand times, five hundred times. But let us take our time to send durood and salams upon Nabi Apaq sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once the great saint of the time, Hazrat Hassan al-Basri rahmatullah alayhi, he went to the marketplace and he purchased a slave. And on his return coming back home with that slave, so he started speaking to that slave of his that he purchased and he asked him a few questions. And he asked the first question to the slave, he asked the slave that what is your name? So the slave replied and the slave told him that whatever name the master will give me, that is my name. I don't have a name. Whatever name you will give me, you are my master. Whatever you call me, that will be a name. So you asked him, second question, what would you like to eat? What preference, what food would you prefer to eat? So he, say, he says, a slave has no preference. Whatever food my master will give me, I will eat that. If slave doesn't have a choice, he doesn't have any preference. Whatever he's given, that's what he will eat. So you asked him, what clothes would you prefer to wear? And he gave the same answer, that his slave has no choice. Whatever his master will give him to wear, he will wear this. And like this, he asked him a few other questions. And the reply and the response was the same, that his slave doesn't have any choice. He cannot choose and pick and refuse. Whatever his master will tell him, whatever his master will give him, he will have to accept it and carry on. So when Hassan al-Basri heard this reply, his replies from the slave, then he fell unconscious. And after some time, he regained his consciousness and the people that were around him asked him that what had happened. So he replies and he tells them that I purchased the slave, I bought the slave, the slave I became the master. But in reality, I'm just the superficial owner of the slave. I am not the real owner of the slave. I am the owner of the slave for a temporary period of time, for a short period. I am not the true owner of the slave. So he says that imagine that this is the reply of a slave of a, of a slave to a master who is superficial. We are not the true owners. So he says, imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is our creator, that from non-existence brought us into existence. That Allah Ta'ala is the one that provides for us. That Allah Ta'ala is the one that sustains us, that nourishes us. Allah Ta'ala is the one that assists us and helps us. Our faith, our taqdeer, what is going to happen is all decreed by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That we are the slaves of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala who is the real owner. So how much of obedience must we show to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? Who is the true owner? Yeah, I am just the superficial owner of the slave, but the slave has told me that I don't have any choice in the matter. So we are the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we don't have a choice 
in the matter that how we should live our life. We have to live our life in accordance to the dictates of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our master. That whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to eat and told us to eat, that's what we have to eat. What Allah ta'ala has made lawful to us, that's what we have to consume. What Allah ta'ala has made impermissible haram for us, that we cannot consume. Whatever Allah ta'ala has told us that we have to wear like this and dress like this, then we have to do that. We are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just to mention one point to understand, that whatever a person owns in this dunya, this all in reality is superficial ownership. Whatever we have, our ownership, this is only temporary. That whether it's our wealth, whether it's our properties, whether it's our family members, whether it's our own life, our own body, it's not ours. For a period of time, it has, Allah Ta'ala has loaned it to us. On the day of Qiyamah, all these things that we claim to be ours in this dunya, on the day of Qiyamah, when we will stand up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then on that day, everyone will stand up in what condition will they stand up? On the day of Qiyamah. That every person will stand up on the day of Qiyamah, on the plains of Hashad, they will be naked. When Nabi Sallallahu mentioned this to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, something to effect, she became very concerned that we are going to get up with nothing on Ummahatul Mu'mineen. Who had more haya than the Ummahat in the wives of Rasulullah That in this world we covered and clothed ourselves. Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was concerned about when she passes away that nobody must see her body. Leave alone when we are alive. When we pass away that nobody, that is why till today when a female passes away then we have covered the, the grave. Because Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala's desire that when I pass away nobody must see my so much of haya. So today, unfortunately, leave alone after we die, when we are alive, we're not even concerned about haya and modesty, that how we dress, how we walk around. So, <clears throat> as Aisha radiallahu was concerned that they're going to stand up on the day of Qiyamah with no clothes, naked, with some consoler, something was said, that everyone will be worried about themselves. Everyone on the day of Qiyamah will be nafsi, nafsi. No one will have time to look at somebody else. Everyone will be concerned about their own, which I've got no time to worry about somebody else. So on the day of Qiyamah, everyone will get up with absolutely nothing, no clothes, naked, barefooted, no shoes also, no sandals, nothing, absolutely nothing. So whatever we owned in this dunya, we're not going to take it with us. We are not the owners of it. On the day of Qiyamah, we will stand up with absolutely nothing. Those very same things in dunya that we attached ourselves, thinking as ours, that brought about so much of comfort to me, so much of ease and unfortunately many a times those ni'mats that Allah had blessed us with we become proud because we think it's ours we become proud and become arrogant of those things those ni'mats and those bounties thinking it belongs to us and how sad it is that we indulge in the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we use the bounties we indulge in the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but yet we don't acknowledge the bounties of Allah on us. We're indulging and we use the bounties of Allah, but we don't acknowledge it. That this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Allah's favor, Allah's ni'mat upon me. I'm using it, I'm indulging in it, but I don't acknowledge where this came from. That is why Quran, Allah ta'ala speaks in Quran about this. That inna insana li rabbihi That insan is so ungrateful towards his Rabb. So ungrateful towards his Rabb. He enjoys and indulges in the ni'mat of Allah, but yet he does not acknowledge it. So coming back on the day of Qiyamah, uh, that everyone will stand up with nothing. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we recite in, our, in, in salah every day, Surah Fatiha, Allah ta'ala says, Maliki yawmid deen, Maliki yawmid deen. 
that Allah Ta'ala is the Malik and the King on that day of Qiyamah. Where everyone who claim to be someone or somebody in this dunya, on the day of Qiyamah they are nothing. Where is their land, their property, their kingdom on the day of Qiyamah? So Allah Ta'ala means Allah Ta'ala is Malik of this world also. But specifically Allah Ta'ala speaks on the day of Qiyamah that where are those boastful ones in the lifetime that they boasted that I am the king, I own this land, this country, this property, all this belongs to me. That were boastful and arrogant on this dunya. Allah Ta'ala says, Maliki Yawmuddin on the day of Qiyamah weighs all this now. Allah is the only and sole king on the day of Qiyamah. That is why after when the trumpet will be blown and everything will be destroyed and there will be nothing, everything will be destroyed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, Allah ta'ala will be, every other creation of Allah will be destroyed. Then Allah ta'ala will make that announcement that limanil mulkul yawm, that today, where are those kings? Who is the king today? Where are all those kings of the, of the world, of the dunya? Where are all those people who walk proudly on the earth claiming that this is mine, this is mine? They had, had some position in dunya. Allah will make that announcement that where are they? Tell them to stand up and make some claim today. Limanil mulkul yawm. That today for who is the kingdom today? And there will be nobody to answer that question of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For a period of 40 years it will remain like this. 40 years of the akhirat, not 40 years of this dunya. Absolutely nothing except one Allah. There won't even be anyone that will answer the question of Allah. Limanil mulkul yawm. For a period of 40 years, he's mentioned. Nobody to answer this question. Thereafter, Allah Ta'ala will respond to his own question. Allah Ta'ala will say, Lillahi al-wahid al-qahar. It's only one Allah that has power over everything. All these people in this dunya, where are they? They are not here today. It's one Allah. So nothing belongs to Allah. We are the slaves of Allah. Whatever Allah has blessed us with, it's only a superficial ownership. Nothing belongs to us. Grateful and thankful of the ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon us. That Allah Ta'ala, like how He gave it to us, it does not belong to us. Allah Ta'ala can take it away from us. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, Rahmatullah Alayhi, once he mentioned one incident, he mentioned that he was walking in the streets of Karachi, Pakistan, and his two sons, Hazrat Mufti Taqi Sahib, Mufti Rafi Sahib, they were small boys at that time, small children, and they were walking on the street. And then a beggar came requesting for some help, for some assistance. We find it all the time. You got something, I need something to eat, something, give me something. So this beggar came and he requested for something, begging. So Mufti Shafi Sabrahmatullah put his hand in his pocket to take out something to give to this beggar. To this beggar. So his sons at that time, very, very small boys at that time. So they told their father, Abaji, that this person here came to beg. That everybody knows him in this community, in this area, in this district. That he's a professional beggar. He's a habitual beggar. In our terms, he's a con artist. Everybody knows him. He's conning the people. He's taking everybody for a ride. He's a beggar by profession. And they said he's not deserving of anything. He's not deserving. How many times do we make the statements? We are all guilty of this. This person is not deserving of anything. And we tell that person, go away, we got nothing. So the small child said, Baji, this person is not deserving. He's a beggar. Every time he's puzzling, he's always troubling the people, he's taking them for a ride, he's conning them for here and there like that. So these Buzrugani this Allah Wallahs, they take lessons from everything. Nothing just goes by like that. There's lessons from every incident that is derived a lesson for us. Finds one Mulan Yus Patel, 
one example he had given with the people once he was in Japanese garden and he saw that sign in the park saying there's no dogs are not allowed except if it's on a leash the dog if it's on a leash the rope you're holding it then it's allowed otherwise it's not allowed and from this they took a lesson he says that dog that's on that leash is allowed to come here why because the dog is in control the master is in control of the dog the dog cannot go where it wants to go it's on the leash. Wherever the master will tell it to go or go, it will follow the master. It will not cause harm to anybody because it's on that leash. And no harm will come to it also because it's on that leash. A dog is walking straight crossing the road, a car can knock it. Someone can hit it or it can bite somebody, cause some harm to somebody. So as long as that dog is on that leash, the dog is safe and people is also safe. They take the lesson we also, that we are the... Slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as we are linked and attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that leash and that rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is attached to us, then we will be guided. We won't be loose running around and lost. Where harm will come to us. No harm will come to us also and we will not be a means and cause of harm to others. Why? Because we are in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will be safe, others will also be safe. As long as that dog is on that leash, the dog is safe, others are safe as well. So if we are attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the lesson that came out from one sign, that we need to be connected and linked and attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times, we will be safe, others also will be safe from our harm as well. So Bufti Sahib mentioned to the child, these two boys, that they told him that this beggar is not deserving. So what did he reply and what did he respond to these, these two young boys? He says, what am I deserving of from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Am I deserving of any favors and ni'mas from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Am I, this beggar you say is not deserving of this. Am I deserving of any ni'mas from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do I deserve those ni'mas that Allah ta'ala is showering upon me, continuously pouring over me day and night? We are enjoying the ni'mats and the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala's ni'mats are showering upon us. Allah ta'ala says in Quran that how the ni'mats of Allah are pouring upon us. Alam taraw anna Allah sakhara lakum ma fi samawati wa ma fi al-awdi wa asbagha alaykum ni'mahu zahiratan wa batina. Allah ta'ala does say one ni'mat or two ni'mats. Allah ta'ala says asbagha alaykum ni'mahu. Allah Ta'ala is pouring and showering His Rahmat and His mercy upon you all the time. Not one, one, one ni'mat. Pouring and showering His Rahmat and mercy upon you all the time. وَأَسْبَغَ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَهُ This is Allah's love and affection towards us slaves. Qari Tayyub sahab rahmatullah alayhi. Allah Ta'ala uses the word أَسْبَغَ Pouring, showering upon us. Like how when it rains and it pours, then person cannot count how it's falling, how much is falling. Hazrat Qayyir Tayyub sahab rahmatullah alayhi, who was the principal of Darul Uluq Diyoban, very great wali of Allah in the 60s. And he came to South Africa also in 1961, he had come to South Africa. Hazrat Qayyir Muhammad Tayyib sahab rahmatullah alayhi, he was the principal of Darul Uluq Diyoban in the 60s. And he had come to South Africa. And then in one occasion he made this one statement and he said, regarding mercy that showers upon this ummah. And he gave an example and he says how we are enjoying the ni'mats and the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously. And how unfortunate it is that sometimes a person going through some difficulties, some halats, some conditions a person is going through. And then he starts complaining. That look what I'm facing, this challenge, and he starts complaining. Not realizing that one difficulty or that one condition that he's going through. But at the same time, how many of the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala he's enjoying at that same time? 
He's going through one or two difficulties. But how many of the ni'mads he's enjoying at that visit? So Hazrat Qarit Ayyub Sa'ar says that perhaps science, there'll come a time when science will be able to count the number of raindrops that's falling per square meter. They've got the barometer now. They measure rainfall in so many millimeters is falling. So he said that time that perhaps science will be able to count the number of raindrops that are falling per square meter. But he says science will never be able to count the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala pouring upon us every second of our life. We'll never be able to count this. This is how the rahmat of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala falls upon us. But how sad is it as we said that we indulge in the ni'mats of Allah we indulge in the ni'mat of Allah, but we forget to acknowledge the ni'mat of Allah. This ni'mat is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hazrat Ibrahim bin Adham rahmatullah alayhi, one person came to him speaking about how Allah ta'ala loves us and what is our relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says one person came to him and told him that I'm drowning in sin. I'm enjoying the ni'mat of Allah. But I'm drowning in sins. Every one of us know our condition. Nobody is free of sins. None of us are free of sins. And none of us are not enjoying the ni'mat of Allah. Every one of us are enjoying the ni'mat of Allah. And together with that, every one of us is committing sins as well. So this person comes to Ibrahim bin Adham rahmatullah He says that I'm drowning in sins. What do I do? How do I stop myself? I'm committing sins in day in, day out. So he tells this person... That whenever you are on the verge of committing a sin, whenever you are on the verge of committing a sin, then at that point stop enjoying the ni'mat of Allah, the risk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Stop eating the, the food that Allah ta'ala is providing for you. When you intend to disobey Allah, then go ahead disobey, but stop consuming the risk and the sustenance of Allah that Allah is providing for you. He said, how is this possible? This is not possible. So he told him, okay, if you cannot do that, then when you want to commit the sin, then go and commit the sin, but commit it in the place or in a land that does not belong to Allah. Don't commit that sin on the earth of Allah, the, the earth of Allah that belongs to Allah. وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَوْتِ This belongs to Allah, the heaven and the earth belong to Allah. So don't commit the sin on the earth of Allah, the land of Allah. Go commit it somewhere else. It doesn't belong to Allah. You are walking on the earth of Allah. Don't commit the sin on the earth of Allah. You say, how can that happen? How is that possible? That everything belongs to Allah. How can I find a place that does not belong to Allah? Then he tells him, okay, if you cannot do that, then go find one place in this earth where Allah cannot even see you. He says, Allah Ta'ala is watching over us. There is no place in this dunya where Allah Ta'ala is not watching. To understand, we say, Alam ya'lam bi anna Allah yara, that Allah Ta'ala is constantly. And we have to understand also, it's not that, we should not have that concept and that mindset that Allah Ta'ala is watching over us. Like for an example, how a hawk or an eagle that is sitting on a cliff on a mountain and is looking over the landscape waiting for that rabbit to come out of that hole. As soon as it comes out of that burrow, it will fly and scoop it up at the same time. Just waiting for an opportunity to catch that rabbit and it comes out of the hole. So Allah Ta'ala is not watching over us like that. Just waiting for an opportunity. As soon as we make a mistake, Allah Ta'ala is waiting to punish us. That's not how it is. Allah Ta'ala is watching over us. That's not the case. Allah Ta'ala is waiting for us to make a mistake. As soon as we make that mistake, Allah Ta'ala is ready to pounce on us. That's not the case. But rather ulama explain what is meant by this. Like that example, like how that parent is watching that small child crossing a road. 
that how will that parent watch that child? It will never shift its gaze away from that child. Make sure that watch that child carefully how it crosses the road until it's at the end, other side of the road. Then only will that parent be at ease. So similarly like this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us with that eye and that nazar of rahmat and shafqat. That Allah ta'ala wants to guide us. Allah wants us to be safe. Allah ta'ala does not want us to go into any difficulties and problems. With that nazar and that eye of rahmat and shafqat, Allah ta'ala is watching over us. Like how that parent looks over that child. Not with the intention of harming and hitting the child when the child makes a mistake. But with the intention of protecting the child from any harm coming to the child. So Allah Ta'ala similarly, Allah Ta'ala is watching over us with that eye of rahmat and shafqat. So he says that how is this possible? It's not possible. So he goes one step further and he says, then what you must do is, if you're still bold enough to commit sins and disobey Allah, then when the time of the angel of death comes, then tell the angel of death, give me some respite. You can go make tawbah for the sins that I made. He said, this too is not possible. Then he said, if this too is not possible, then ultimately on the day of Qiyamah, when Allah Ta'ala makes the decree and the decree has been made, that you are going, if you have to enter, go to Jahannam, if Allah Ta'ala has to decide on the day of Qiyamah, the decision is made by Allah that you are going to Jahannam then try to stop the angel to take you into, into Jahannam. He said, this too is not possible. Then how can you disobey Allah? Then whenever this thought comes into the mind that I'm going to disobey Allah, I want to commit a sin, then think about all these things. That is it possible? After going through all these things, is it possible that I still disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So we have to become the abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have become the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is to become the abid, a worshiper. Abid is a person who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, the month of Ramadan, in their worship, their a'mal. Then we had the month of Dhul Hijjah, people were engaged in a'mal, in ibadat, worshiping Allah ta'ala. Then the month of Muharram also a great month. This is very, very necessary. But together with worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to become the abd of Allah, the slave of Allah. Together with worshiping Allah, we have to become the slave of Allah. And there's a difference. There's a difference. When a person becomes the abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that person not only one is when some conditions and halat comes upon a person, something a person's business burns down, some theft takes place, some accident takes place, some loss of life takes place, some health issues come about. So a person goes to some halat and conditions and difficulties in his life. Then one is we say, this is the decree of Allah, accept it. Alhamdulillah, that's very important. And we should all accept it. That whatever happened is the command of Allah, is the decree of Allah, I cannot change it. So that's one. But when a person becomes the true abd and the slave of Allah, when he hands himself to become the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it goes one step beyond that. Like how Sahaba, when Allah ta'ala speaks about Sahaba, they were the true abd of Allah, the true slaves of Allah. That is why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the night of Mi'raj, what title did Allah ta'ala give Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the night of Mi'raj? Such a great night, never did it happen before, never will it happen again. One of the greatest events in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu the night of Mi'raj, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to where no other being of Allah ever went to. What a great miracle of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Allah Ta'ala did not address Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as my Nabi, or my beloved Nabi, or my prophet, or my messenger. But what title did Allah Ta'ala give Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on that great night? He said, Subhanallah bi asra bi abdihi. 
When Allah Ta'ala took his abd, his slave, he gave them some this title of abdiyat. That's how beloved is Allah Subhanahu this title to Allah. When a person becomes the abd and the slave of Allah. Because it's a very, very high category. Sahaba became radiyallahu, Allah Ta'ala said radiyallahu anhu. That Allah was pleased with them, but Allah did not stop it there. Allah was pleased with them. The ayat continues. Radiyallahu anhu waradu an. That they were also pleased with Allah. This comes of Abdiyat, they became the Abd of Allah. So one is we accept the decree and the decision of Allah. That's important, extremely important. Whatever happens is the decree of Allah. But going beyond that is to be pleased and happy with the decree of Allah. No matter what is the outcome, no matter how difficult it may be, no matter what the challenge may be, no matter what the test may be, I accept it, it's from Allah and I'm happy with it also. This one is a person becomes the Abd of Allah. Sahaba radiallahu anhu got this title radiallahu anhu waradu'an. Not like that. When difficulties and halats came upon them, Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, burning soil of Makkah, coal, burning coal being put on his back to such an extent, it is mentioned that the coal used to get extinguished with the sweat and the fat that was melting on the back of his body. The coal, the, the coal, the embers of coal used to become extinguished, used to go off. We pour water over the bright charcoal. To put it off. We pour water over the bright charcoal to extinguish the flame. Here the flame, the charcoal was being extinguished from the fat and the back that was coming out from the back of Hazrat. And despite that halat and condition, he was he accepted this was the decree of Allah, but not only that, he was happy with it. He was happy with it. Hazrat Ammar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Sumayya radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the first woman to be made shaheed in the path of Allah ta'ala. Her body was split into two. One leg was tied onto one horse, another leg was tied onto another horse, and the horses were told to run in opposite directions. The body was split into half. Not that they only accepted, they were happy with the decision of Allah. They became the abd of Allah, the slaves of Allah. There's so much more to say. So we have to understand life is short. We have to accept the decision of Allah and become the obedient servants and slaves of Allah. Bring the qualities of Sahaba into our life. Nabi worship Allah and be happy with the decision of Allah. And then we will live such a life, time is already up. Fariduddin Attar, rahmatullah alayhi, was a itar merchant, he used to sell itar in India, Pakistan that time. He was a, became a great wali of Allah as well. But what was his turning point? Life is short. If you become the slave of Allah in this world, then we will die like a king in the eyes of Allah. If we become the slave of Allah, and we put ourselves in the slavery of Allah, then we'll pass away like a king. But provided we are the slave of Allah. So he says that this person, Fariduddin Attar, rahmatullah alayhi, he was there. And on one occasion, the changing point of his life, that a person came to him, disheveled, simple person, tattered clothes, person that we don't take too much to consideration. He came into the Ittar shop, but he was a wali of Allah, he was a very pious person. And he sees the Ittar shops, we go to India, Pakistan, you'll see that the Ittar shops are full of glass and mirrors and full of lights. It's well lit up, there's a lot of glass, everything is glass, the counters are glass, the shelves are glass, the bottles are glass, a lot of mirrors you'll find, a lot of glitter in it. So he looks, he comes into the shop and he stares at Fariduddin Attar, rahmatullah, he's looking at him. So obviously someone comes to you, you don't know that person, he's staring at you directly, you become uncomfortable. So he asks him, what are you staring at me for? So he's telling him, I'm just thinking about that what will happen when the time comes for your soul to come out of your body. Now imagine a stranger comes to you, looks at you and tells you, ask him, what you're looking at? He says, I'm just thinking when the soul coming out of your body is going to be very difficult.
So Faridun Atta Rahmatullahi I said, what is your problem? I said, why are you saying this? Why are you saying this? That you're worried about my soul will be coming out of my body will be very difficult. So he says, he tells this person, Faridun Atta Rahmatullahi that I see all this around you, that your heart is very attached and your soul is very attached to all this glitter and this glamour. When the angel of death will come to take out your soul, it won't be easy because your soul is attached to all this. So he too at that time got upset. He told him, you know, you've got nothing better to do. Worry about your own self. Worry about your own self. This is how we are. Someone come and tell us something. You say, worry about yourself first. Put yourself right. So he told this person, worry about yourself. How are you going to die? Don't worry about me. What will happen to me? I'll sort of, you worry about yourself. He doesn't know this person from a bar of soap. Tell him, you worry about yourself. What's going to happen to you? So this person tells him to me, he said, yeah, you worry about yourself. So he said, must I tell you how I'm going to die? How I will die? He said, yeah, how are you going to die? So this person lies down on the floor. He faces and says, he says, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. When Fariduddin Atta Rahmatullah sees this, this becomes a changing point in his life and becomes the Abd of Allah subhanahu so this is our lessons for us, that how long are we going to live? We have to become the servants of Allah. The short life that Allah has given us, so much of ni'mah, so much of bounties, we have to understand we are here to serve Allah and nobody else. When we will become the slave of Allah, then everyone else will become our slaves. But if we have become the slaves of everybody else, then we will remain slaves until we die. Allah